listening to the best bits of the Breakfasters from 3RRR. You're listening to the Breakfasters podcast for the week October 10 to 14. Uh, this week we are back. We went on holiday, so we had a discussion on different ways that we relax. And also uh, Laura Dunneman came in and gave us tips on how to improve breakfasters. Some hard truths. Hard we truths. We have to like each other to begin with. Yes, that might not be so easy. <laughs> and then we uh, imagined our, our lives as sitcoms, and that was surprisingly easy. <laughs> <laughs> and we spoke to Anthony Wallace from the Equal Love campaign about uh, where to after the plebiscite. Had a week away and we had a really nice time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, it is interesting. I went to Venus Bay um, to our holiday house for, for the week and uh, interesting to see different people have different ways of relaxing. Mm. For me, relaxing is doing nothing, like maybe reading a book or watching TV or just sitting on a couch eating snacks and drinking wine. Like that is... For mm. me, it's a good style. That's relaxing. It's very relaxing. Kath likes to relax by doing some landscape gardening. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, you were saying this before you went away that there was some session you were going to help with the uh, renovations. Yeah, so you know, How'd for her, she, well, <laughs> I did a bit of, a, a bit of digging, and I I can see how that can be relaxing. For for her, <laughs> but it's just like I find it. She says she really likes it, and I can see. You know, I guess it's a sense of accomplishment, mm. and it's like it's, it's therapeutic, therapeutic and yeah. and stuff. Whereas I feel that if I'm sitting on the porch watching her, you know, like if I'm reading a book or whatever, doing my relaxing, then in my head I'm looking at her and she's in her head. I just imagine her digging a hole just going, oh, yeah, you fine. You just sit on the porch <laughs> and you just read a book. Just I'll drink your all. wine. Yeah, you have a great time. So, And then I get a little bit, oh, maybe or maybe I should help. She's no, no, you don't have to help. It's fine. Like I'm just, you know. Anyway, how do you relax? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, well, I think I've got two relaxing styles. Mm. Sometimes I like on that holiday, you know, when when you're down by the coast. Sometimes I like to walk. Yes, and with find, wine, and sometimes without wine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, sometimes it's just that it doesn't really matter where you're going, but it's just the you know you're walking along and you're looking at stuff, and just the act of walking. Yeah, is but sure. the other style is to have baths. Oh, oh yeah. baths stress me out. No, no, do they? Yeah, quite a lot. No, you have a nice glass of wine. Or maybe maybe a liqueur, perhaps yeah. um, port, or perhaps gin would do it. Gin and tonic, would right? Be okay, so <laughs> alcohol is the key ingredient. That's what I've been doing wrong. I see. <laughs> and then yeah, you, but um, you've got to have of a candles, very, read a book, something that's right. like that. that exactly, right. bubble bath. Just got bubbles if you've got them. Oh. Yeah. The, the trick is you've got to make sure that stays hot. Yes, yes, because um, so and it doesn't overfill. Because you, you, the yeah. temptation is to put the roof in the steak. And then it's splashing. That's right. Yeah. It's to keep putting more hot water in as it gets cold, but then it overflows, you see. So you have to let some out. That is, I find them very stressful. I'm always too hot, too cold, too hot, <laughs> too cold. Now my skin's wrinkly, get out of the bath. No, That's why it's quite I stressful. I the opposite. Oh. I think I'm always worried I'm going to drown in a bath. 
That's how I'm going to die. Okay, maybe stop with the drinking in the bath. <laughs> you just doze off and next thing, next thing you know, you're dead. You know, you slip under the water. Okay. <laughs> That's very, very really relaxing. positive yeah. and relaxing. I, I was trying to relax last night because Sundays are difficult for me because for some reason I get that weird Sunday night thing where I never sleep. It doesn't matter what I do. I just find it difficult to sleep on a Sunday. It's like I think about everything that's coming in the week ahead, whether it's holidays or not. And yeah. Uh, yesterday I, you know, went to the gym. I did some gardening because I'm starting to garden to try and relax. I haven't quite worked out whether that stresses me out or relaxes me yet. It's a bit of both sometimes. Still life, yeah, those plants it. from two weeks ago. Still living. The garden's looking great. Done more. Done more. I'm going to keep this up. But it's still <laughs> beginning to find it a little bit more on the side of stress than relax at the moment. Just because never happy plants. Well, no. More water, not enough water. This is it. And I keep watching them going, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. That's become my – so that's – I need to work on that. But yesterday, as you know, it was very windy, which was quite stressful mm. to be – you know, like no one likes wind. No right. one. And I went to – I did everything right so that I'd sleep well last night. But we have this uh, person that lives near us whose alarm goes – off frequently for no reason and uh, often uh, the authorities need to be called to help them turn it off because they don't seem to worry about their alarm going off. And yesterday, because of the wind, the alarm went off all day. Oh, all day. you mean like the house alarm? The house type. alarm. Right, okay. The house alarm. Look how thin are your walls that you hear someone's alarm on their oh, phone? Oh, no, sorry. No, like their, their security alarm. And right, they, right. They, yeah, they live within the same block as me. And uh, it just went off all of yesterday, every about 20, oh, Maybe every – sometimes it was every five minutes, then it'd stop, then you'd think it had gone and it'd come back 25 oh. minutes later. And this continued into the into the night. 10.30 at night I was lying in bed and I'm like, oh I need to find meditation techniques to deal with this. And so I had, you know, like little foam things in my ear and I was doing that meditation technique where you put a letter of the alphabet to a piece of fruit and you try and count oh, it yeah, along. Yeah. So that was my – it didn't work very well. I just didn't sleep. So that's good. Oh. That was my... Is there an alarm that happened all day? All, all day. It stopped at about... I don't about... think you can help... I don't think there's anything you can do. To relax, right? Yeah. Because yeah. the alarm's designed going to wake you up, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. designed yeah. to be annoying and... It's also designed to make you fight with your partner, I realised as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, there's a there's a club near my house, like a... The know, like, Doof Club. Not a Doof Doof Club, more like a... Um, Sex club. <laughs> Yeah, it's a sex <laughs> No, it's like they have wedding reception sort of. Oh, like Because yeah. what they play is like... A function centre. I don't know if I call it a club then, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, what they play is golden hits from the 80s. Like the same oh, ones over oh and God. over and over again. Um, Come and, on, Eileen, all night. <laughs> yes, Mbop, Hanson. <laughs> That's uh, 90s. That's not <laughs> well, over and over again. And they've started – they, they do it in once a weather because I think it's on a rooftop, oh. which is why I can hear it. Um, okay. But they've started up for summer and they were doing that well into the summer. Yes, exactly. Over and over again. And uh, not quite a fire alarm, but How do you? Re- that's what do you there, do? Though. Do you just have a bath and turn your reggae up? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll talk about that off air. I've got a problem with that, but – you're listening to a podcast from Community Radio 3 R in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, sometimes things happen in my life and I think, oh, this would be really good for my sitcom. Do you ever, <laughs> if I ever write a, a sitcom? Uh, Will it be called Hickey? Yeah. Uh, oh, that's a good, good idea. Maybe... No, I don't know what it'll be called. Or maybe it'll be maybe it'll be about me um, 
um, farming chickens and it'll be called Hickey's Chickies. <laughs> <laughs> what would your catchphrase be? Uh, get amongst it, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode ends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I would totally watch that show. That sounds awesome. Yeah, thanks for the workshop, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so it happened. Uh, such a silly story. Anyway, I uh, was having dinner in Venice Bay, um, and Cass' parents were over for dinner as well and uh, we had some nice steak and there was mustard on the table and I thought it was um, Dijon mustard and went, I'm going to have a bit of mustard on my on my steak and I <laughs> got it and the cast had turned to me and he goes, oh, do you know that's um, hot English mustard? And then everyone laughed at me because I had spread and they're like, cause like, you know wasabi? You know, I'm like, yes. And he goes, yeah, that's what it's like. It's, it's hottest wasabi. And I'm like, all right. Well, and then they all looked at me and laughed at me while I cried while eating my <laughs> hot English mustard steak. And it just became an ongoing gag of like, oh, Geraldine, watch out for the hot English mustard. Uh, make sure that's hot English. No, it's not, you know. And then uh, a week later I um, had um, really bad heartburn mm-hmm. and I was looking for um, ways to, like home remedies for treating uh-huh. heartburn. And one of them was to have a spoonful of mustard. <laughs> and uh, I think you can see where this is going. Uh, but I go to the fridge and there was two jars of mustard and I took, and because the hot English mustard was the one in front, so I took that out first and then got the other one mm-hmm. and got, you know, the spoon out of the fridge and opened it up and took a spoonful and cast like... You're not eating the hot English mustard. Make sure it's not the hot English mustard. Oh, make sure it's not. And I'm like, oh, it's not, it's not. And I put the whole spoon in my mouth. They went, oh, my God, it's the hot I got the wrong one. I got the wrong one. And then I cried. Heads, I went, Then you heard that Seinfeld bass. Get around it, boys. Oh, my God. It's going to be such a good show. I love this. That is the whole that whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know that I ever have a thing where I think my life is a sitcom as such, but sometimes when I'm hanging out with my girlfriends, I feel like I am in an episode of Sex in the City crossed with Broad City. So we're having conversation. You know when you, you're having a conversation with a bunch of your girlfriends and you're like, yeah. this is a conversation that people would overhear and be like, have you scripted that from Broad, Broad City or something? <laughs> I was out on the Saturday night with a bunch of friends and we had this really loud, annoying, obnoxious conversation about recent celebrity deaths and I could see the table behind us looking at us like, oh, my God. Like you were just, And I'm like, we're not these women. I know we sound like we're from uh, a sick in the city thing uh, at the moment, but we got progressively drunker during the night and then at the end of the evening uh, a bunch of my friends who don't, go out as much because one of them lives out of the city and another one who has some kids uh, were at this gig that we were at and they started dancing. They started playing all this excellent 90s music and they started dancing and then they started screaming out, we're just we're just married and we just want to dance to 90s music. We're just married and want to dance tonight. And I just thought, oh, my God. And someone leant over and said, are they really married? I said, yeah. And they're like, and they just want to dance to 90s music. And I said, yes. And this is not a really bad episode of Sex in the City because it just felt like one of those horrible ending scenes to, oh, oh yeah. yeah. And then you can come into the radio station and do the voiceover, the Sex in the City voiceover. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I was wondering to myself, <laughs> were we all married and what does marriage mean? And do we really just want to dance the 90s music? 
<laughs> anyway, could be a new segment. Yeah, I know. But it was it was just one of those. I love my girlfriends. That's nothing. You, the, just in case they're listening, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun that night. But yeah, that is I think as close to I think my life as a sitcom. I often think, oh no. Yeah, no, no, no. My life definitely sitcom. In fact, it's but it's not a modern sitcom. It's it's one of those um, really early sitcoms with the cheesy laugh track that comes on all the time. I yes. feel like. If we put a video, like a camera in your house, it would be a 70s sitcom. Just you, it'd be like you at home. <laughs> yeah, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should do Graf, that. Graf, <laughs> where are you? Dinner yeah. time. <laughs> the, yeah. the action pack. No, I was thinking the other morning, um, well, you guys probably didn't notice it, but um, yesterday when I was reading the news, <laughs> the microphone started slowly, slowly yeah. sinking. You know how sometimes the screw on the microphone is kind of oh, slowly yeah, yeah, yeah. and it starts falling down? And I had to keep sort of sinking down as I was reading it. And I could pretty much just hear that canned laughter. Or <laughs> 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 that boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear it everywhere I go. Do you have a, a catch? Cry for your show? Oh, your the show where I mean, yeah, yeah, your seventies sitcom. I show. reckon yours would be more gin, please. <laughs> <laughs> what fresh hell is this? <laughs> You're listening to the best bits of the Breakfasters from Three Triple R. A few days ago, the Labor Party resolved it would not support a plebiscite for equal marriage, essentially putting that idea to bed. So to talk about where the campaign for same-sex marriage is now at, we're joined by Anthony Wallace from Equal Love. Welcome to Triple R. Good morning. Maybe we, we could get you to get us up to speed on what's just happened. What exactly did Labor decide a few days ago and what does that mean for same-sex marriage? Uh, so uh, Labor has uh, blocked um, passage of um, Tony Abbott's plebiscite. Um, adopted by Malcolm Turbull, so it's effectively now dead. I mean, uh, it's still in the House. Uh, they may start to talk about concessions, um, but at this point the plebiscite is dead, so uh, we won't be going through a very hurtful campaign um, of a no against marriage equality, which is what the community really wanted. They'd prefer to delay I'm not happy to delay, but I did not want to see a, a public-funded hurt campaign against us either. So where now do the various parties stand about equal marriage? Maybe you can talk us through that. What, what is the current position of the various parties in the parliament? Okay, so, well, we Labor made their position clear at their national uh, conference some years ago that uh, they have a free vote on marriage equality in both houses until 2019, as we know, that Labor typically bind on legislation to get uh, their agenda through. On this matter, they won't bind until 2019. On the flip side, uh, the Liberal Party always pride themselves on a free vote. But when it comes to gay and lesbian affairs, no, they, they won't extend a free vote in those matters. So they've bound against marriage equality, which is against the ethos of uh, the Liberal Party. Um, uh, but Malcolm Turnbull is getting off the hook here. Um, Malcolm, the reason we're in this situation today is Malcolm Turnbull. And I'd hate to say this, but if Tony Abbott was still the leader of their party and, in fact, the Prime Minister, marriage equality could very well be happening now because um, their formal position, if you remember a year ago when they had their six-hour joint party room with the Nationals, the formal position that the Liberal Party took out of that was that they would be binding against a free vote in that term but a free vote would be extended in the next term. We're in the next term now. So if Tony Abbott was still the leader, he would be bound by those comments that he made on the record, as did Callie O'Dwyer, 
that a free vote would be extended in this parliament. But do you think that would have happened? Because and we've seen the pressure that um, Malcolm's received from the National Party in particular. Do you think that Tony Abbott just would have come under similar pressure and gone back on it? Uh, we don't have crystal balls and, no. and we know that he does a, a lot of backflips, but uh, we had his commentary. We had him yeah. actually voice the words that it would be a free vote in the next parliament. And we know that it's Turnbull that did the deal with the, the bullies on the right to lock in a plebiscite as the only way. So effectively eradicating a free vote. So uh, we know, look, Malcolm Turnbull, this is his last chance to stand up for the matter. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of talk of him getting brought down on the inside and uh, they're manoeuvring now. Um, and, and I said at the rally last Saturday, um, if Malcolm wants to leave any p- bit of legacy, I think the moment is now for him to stand up to those heavyweights, conservative, fascist, right-wing uh, that uh, have locked him into this dreadful position and uh, allow marriage equality and get a free vote through before the end of the year. Uh, a lot of commentators are now saying that... There probably is not going to be much progress on this this issue until the next election. Is that your view? No, no, that's uh, that's just them trying to tell us to shut up for the next uh, few years. That's not the that's not the case. Uh, we have bills in Parliament as we speak. We have cross party bills in Parliament. Uh, Labor certainly want to use it. I mean, look, we're being used as a political football. We all know that. Uh, Labor are using us to. Um, uh, to stable the Liberal government. And if you think about it, why don't they want to deal with this? It's, pull, it's pulled down so many governments. It was a thorn for Howard. It's, it's not worked for Rudd. It was disastrous for Gillard. It was a headache for Abbott. And now Turnbull is suffering those same consequences. Um, we just need them to have the courage and see it through and, be, and, and get it done. And it's in the Liberal Party's... Um, best interest to actually get this off the agenda and stop Labor using it as uh, a political pawn for, to their own advantage. Mm. If this went to a free vote, would it get through? Uh, uh, the oh, way we've the got, the numbers. We've yeah? got the numbers both in the lower house and the upper house. Okay. It, it's through. Yep. So what is the strategy for Equal Love now? What, uh, what do you see happening over the next months, years? Uh, so we, we, we keep uh, public demand. We keep people pushing for a free vote. We we start uh, shifting the language from giving Turnbull a get-out-of-jail-free car by saying, you inherited this. No, the reason we're in this position is because you did a deal. We know that, and we're asking you now to squash that deal and do what's right. For the people that... that Malcolm Turnbull is the leader of the party because he's populist vote. He was so popular when he toppled Abbott. He was popular because there was a large gay and lesbian community throughout this country that was actually thought he was the better choice. They stood behind him then and he... Well, they said he was pro-marriage equality. Mm. Mm. So... So we were, you know, and we thought that it was progressive and he was actually going to do something about it. And he did. He did a deal against us. We want him to tear that up now and uh, get this through. Mm. You mentioned speaking at a um, demonstration recently. I imagine from now on in there will be a whole series of demonstrations, public meetings, petitions, all those other ways that people demonstrate um, public opinion. Presumably the bigots, the Australian Christian lobby, will be doing the same with their demonstrations. I wonder then, aren't we then likely to see 
the same kind of polarisation that people were talking about in terms of a plebiscite, in terms of people campaigning, trying to show that they have public opinion on their side. And in some respects, wouldn't it have been better then to have had that happen in February with a set particular with a set date rather than a process that is now going to go on with no end in sight? Okay, so firstly, the um, the campaign's got run for 12 years so far and uh, the hurtful comments ha- haven't just started. They've been ongoing since the campaign started. So we've we've wore a lot of the disgusting commentary from groups such as the ACL. Yeah. So let's just say that in pursuit of equality, we're going to hear these horrible things from some horrible, nasty people. Uh, yes, we would love this through sooner than later. We could have this through today. We could have it through in two hours. Let's not forget that the 2004 amendment from John Howard took less than two hours to pass Parliament. There was no public debate. It just went through. This could be passed very fast. So, yes, we would like it passed fast. Um, Was the plebiscite the best way? No. Um, The greatest concern is when you've got a publicly funded negative campaign, it's saying that it's okay to insult these people. And, And the damage and the precedence that that set is just uh, appalling. So, no, there was never going to be a good outcome. From um, We're not against people having a, a, a vote. If you, if you were to say that you could have a conscious vote right now without any negative uh, billboards or TV commercials and that wasn't going to cause any damage, then fine. It was appalling to think that the government was going to inject uh, $7.5 million to Lyle Shelton so that he could tell us that our relationships were uh, an abomination, that is not acceptable in any condition. Mm-hmm. Can I just ask, if you my friends to be confused with the plebiscite, uh, was, if it had happened and it had come out positive, it wasn't then binding, was it? They didn't then have to change the That's law? Right. So is that right? For the Marriage Act to change, it has to pass Parliament yes. in both houses. So it's an opinion poll. A plebiscite is an opinion poll. And uh, the last time we'd had a plebiscite was 1977. Mm. And it was, should we change from God Save the Queen to Advanced Australia Fair? And the people said, yes, we love this song, Advanced Australia Fair, let's have that one. It took seven years for Parliament to actually pass the, the amendments through the Houses so that it became the national anthem of the country. So they still need to vote. So regardless of the outcome of the plebiscite, they still have to have a conscience vote in the House. You've got people like Corey Bernardi saying, even if the people of Australia say, yes, we want this uh, reform, I'm still not going to vote for it. Mm. So it's not binding. It was a waste of lots, $160 million And it, let's, I mean... Let's not forget the figure that PricewaterhouseCooper came up with. They said it was more like half a billion dollar cost um, once you take into mental health services um, after the effect of the plebiscite. So it's an enormous amount of wasted money. And I don't get into that argument too much because if you said to me it's going to cost a billion dollars to bring on equality, then I say spend the billion dollars. You can't price equality. But really, you're asking me to say it's okay to spend nearly $200 million for an opinion poll, which have already been done, that's ludicrous. So what's the next immediate thing people who support the campaign should be doing? Is there upcoming demonstrations? What, what should people do to show their support? So there's, a, there's, there's continual action around the country. I mean, Equal Love have contingents in all the major cities. Um, and uh, so we rally and march and demand. Um, but uh, everyone should be in continual contact with their, their local electorate representatives. Um, uh, and to keep up the pressure, email Malcolm Turnbull, hit him up all the time, send him personal stories. I mean, uh, what has been really great lately is we've been hearing from the kids, you know, 
lots of the time our opponents are what about the kids um so it's been great actually hearing from them because they are, they are saying it in the most simple clearest language um that we love our families and we wouldn't change a thing about them and the things you're saying about us is really hurtful um those personal stories are the best ones for members of parliament to hear um and keep up the pressure on malcolm turnbull for a, a free vote and there is some talk that even in the conservative side that it being sorted before the end of the year is still a possibility. Yeah, because I've heard it's a possibility if um, we just need like three Liberal members to cross the floor on this. So if you if you are in an electorate with Liberal as your local editor, then you know that's the that's your best target is to email them and give them new stories because, you know, even the threat of three crossing the floor might be enough. Mm. Is there a a next date coming up that people should look out for? The next sort of step on the journey, I suppose? So, no, well, uh, Equal Love uh, will be meeting uh, this this week. Um, We're well expecting the plebiscite to be blocked now. That's been the formal position, so we will uh, uh, take that on board and work out a strategy from where to from here. Don't forget, we're also in the back preparing for this plebiscite being carried and and potentially giving ourselves only a couple of months to to get up a yes campaign. So now that that's squashed, we'll be back into demanding an immediate free vote. Um, But uh, the wider community um, should just follow, obviously, our social medias and other community groups um, around the country. Interesting times ahead. We've been talking to Anthony Wallace from Equal Love. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, guys. You're listening to a podcast from Community Radio 3RRR in Melbourne, Australia. It's Friday. What? What? Do you do, do, do on, on Friday? Friday. You be, be funny. funny. It's Friday, and, and we're the Friday funny buggers. And we'll lock that in as the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a wrap. That <laughs> does not need to be touched. <laughs> yes, that's because it is Friday. We're walking Laura Donovan. Thanks, guys. I've managed to pronounce your name correctly for the first time. Oh, yeah. did you remember my trick of Funiman? That you yes, say but then I called, yes, I did remember that, but then when, when I was remembering that, I called you Dunny Man. <laughs> <laughs> I am used to that, Jeff. Don't you worry. Yes, now you filled in for us last <clears throat> I week. I did. And because you've done that, you now think you've got An some expert. tips for how, the show, <laughs> some advice. <laughs> for how the show could be improved. Okay, so... I had a lot of fun. Yes. Getting up early is really hard. <laughs> Thank and you. And I wanted to <laughs> stick a knife in my stomach by the end of the week. Um, and I just got very sooky. Oh, did you? Do you get a bit sooky? Oh, yeah. Oh, in the first three months I was very sooky. I was like a child, like a big child. Yeah. 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 I didn't hang any of my clothes up, didn't put anything <laughs> away. I'll do it next week. <laughs> Yeah. Just leaving a sink full of dishes. That's worse when you do it for three months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It tends to build up. Um, but I had a really good week. I learned a lot and I particularly learned a lot about you three, your working style, what's going on in this room from a day-to-day basis. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I thought, you know, nobody here at Triple R 
probably has the guts to say what needs to be said. <laughs> I only come in here once a week. I'm going to mm-hmm. say it. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm a bit nervous too. So here's some things that are ways that I think you guys could perhaps improve the show, which I'm just saying I think it might be a good idea. Okay. All right. <laughs> Otherwise, you guys are headed south. <laughs> Some, some, some real talk for 7.5. Friday trip. Yeah, wake up. Wake up. Wake up and smell the roses. <laughs> Get your head out of the sand. <laughs> okay. Number one, we had the bird man, Sean Dooley, on yes. when I was on last week. Right. And that was probably the best conversation with a single person I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> So I nominate him to be a new regular host. You've got to get him in every day. Every, every day? day. Oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's a lot of birds. Yeah, just make it a bird show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Every day. Yeah, you're going to get need to get a new mic in here so that... Because he'll take this mic and then you've got to get another mic for guests. So talk to HR about that. <laughs> um, so he's going to be a regular host. Okay. You talk about birds. Great. Who's going to take his spot? That he because he oh. comes in and talks about birds. Yeah. Who's gonna Who's gonna come in? So uh, like Geraldine, you'll be happy about this. You got to get a shark expert in. Oh yes, because I just realised Sarah loves sharks as well. Love sharks. There is nothing better than somebody that knows everything about one topic. This is very true, and that's why I loved the Birdman so much. Because you, you can ask any question, you know they will know the answer. So you got to get a shark expert in. Mm-hmm. You got to get a crocodile expert in. Yes, who wouldn't like that? I, I would love That's that. That's a ratings winner. Yeah, I'm yeah. writing that down. You, Geraldine news. has drawn a shark <laughs> on a piece of paper. Yeah, so she takes notes. <laughs> it's actually a really good picture Thank of a shark. You. Thank you. I mucked up that bit, but that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did some bird calls as well oh, with yes. the bird. Did you? Yeah, yeah, and then I continued it on through the week. Um, <laughs> So I think you need to do more bird calls. Oh, could you do one for us now? Um, well, I was doing the bell bird last week, which is, oh, oh, right. It's very soothing. But I can also How did do... you work that into the show? <laughs> Just <laughs> in the middle of... Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I could do a kookaburra. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'll stand back from the microphone. Okay. Yeah, that would wake people up. (laughs) (laughs) That could be instead of the news theme. Yeah. Yeah. Wake up, it's the news. (laughs) Get ready, everybody, for the news. All Um, right, so croc and shark expert bird calls. Okay. Certainly going to be some changes around here. Mm, Yeah, and there needs to be, (laughs) Jeff. I also got to announce... um, Winners of the Radiothon, which I oh, yeah, initially I felt bad because I thought you guys should do that because you guys were the ones that worked really hard over Radiothon and put in the hard yards and then we got to announce the winner and it was pretty great. A guy won a trip to Borneo yeah, with the orangutans. I think you should announce winners for things every day. <laughs> okay. But they haven't, they're really? not actual winners. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of like a shout out. Okay. Yeah. So just call some random person. Yeah, and tell them they're a winner. (laughs) (laughs) What have I won? Nothing. All right. Have a nice day. If you got that call (laughs) in the morning, 
it'd make you feel pretty good. For how long? <laughs> about Five ten minutes. seconds yeah. until you found out you hadn't actually won anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I think that would spread the joy. Okay. Um, I think you should um, sleep over here one night and then do the broadcast. Oh, do you? I don't know. That would just be fun. What do you think that would bring to the, to well, the situation? Well, I think you'd all be pretty sick of each other by the time <laughs> you, you went on air and it might just make things interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, bring a couple of problems that are probably already there <laughs> to the <laughs> surface. <laughs> Which oh. takes me to my next point. Oh, yeah. God. Um, I forced Sarah and Dylan, who were my co-hosts, um, to do an affirmation circle <laughs> at the end of the week. I did hear about this. Um, <laughs> forced is probably pretty accurate word for it. <laughs> but um from the short times that I've come in here it's very clear no one really wants to admit what's going on but this room is toxic <laughs> there is something very negative <laughs> vibing off against you guys i don't know if you if the listeners can pick up on it please don't call if you can pick up on it i don't know if it i think it's jealousy i think it's competitiveness i think it might even be sexual tension <laughs> And it's really upsetting <laughs> eroding your souls, and it's eroding the soul of Triple R. And you guys need to stop it. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Am I never getting that back? No, no, this is all, this oh, is all no. good. We're... Write it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, you need to get some affirmation circles happening because okay. you guys hate each other. <laughs> it's very clear to me. You can barely look at each other. I thought we'd kept that under wraps. Oh, no. <laughs> Apparently not. So cleverly. Get it out and then calm down. Okay. All right. All right. We'll, we'll, I'll write that down. We'll yeah. do that. Affirmation circle. Write, write down. Don't hate each other. Yes. Affirmation circle and sharks and crocs. And bird calls, and a, we had a, we had a Luke Beveridge fact of the day. Oh yes, and because he's such a good guy, Bevo fact. Yeah, you could even like, I was going to say you could have a different fact about a different AFL coach each day, but Luke Beveridge is probably the best one. So just well, do I just that. think a fact about um, like just a fun person, just a fun person, yeah. fa- f- funny, funny, fun person fact of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, fun per- fun person fact of the day. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fun person fact of the day. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be quite a different yeah. show, isn't it? Um, Once we don't hate each other, it will. <laughs> mandatory dogs. Geraldine, you need to bring your dogs in every single day. Okay. And if you don't bring the dogs, you don't bring yourself. <laughs> <laughs> You're out. All right. Don't, don't even bother coming in. <laughs> Birdman. Jeff and Sarah will be fine without you. Yeah. Oh. Um, okay, I've got two more. <laughs> I don't know that we will. Sorry, yes. <laughs> it's all right, I've got two more and then I'll go. Promise. <laughs> more nicknames. Oh. Because you're Sarah, Jeff, and Geraldine. We're actually off air, Smithy, Jezza and the Fart. I thought you would be something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, the, have you got some, <laughs> we're totally not I that. was going to say the sparrow, but the fart is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be And happening. I was going to call you Hick Dog. Oh, oh yeah. Hick Dog is so good. Hick or the dog. hickey maker. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh yeah. yeah. 
Um, that's just a fun uh-huh. one. And because all breakfast radio. Can I be Smith Dog? You can be Smith Dog. <laughs> you said that as if you were really worried I was going to say no. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I'm the one that makes the rules. Um, <clears throat> and lastly, before I go, um, this is this one's awkward because I, I think it's a huge administrative error and I can't believe that anyone's not picked up on it, but it's pronounced breakfasters. It's uh, breakfast. That's breakfast. Uh, it's breakfasters. Well, the word is breakfast because yeah. it's breakfast radio. It yeah, it's breakfast radio. That's how you say the. So you're the breakfasters. So, so, so is that it? From now on, we're the breakfasters. Breakfasters. Well, that's how you say the word. With Smith dog, Hickey maker, and the fart. Yeah, <laughs> and also Birdman. And Birdman. <laughs> and the dogs. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think, and um, uh, no more Laura Dunneman. So no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that was uh, quite a blast of truth for this morning. Listen, so. it's up to you guys whether you're going to take on that advice or not. It's up to you yeah. and it's your well, own futures in your own we'll hands. We'll have a meeting about it later, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, lots to talk about. <laughs> Thank you, Laura Dunneman. That was... Um, <laughs> we'll see you in a week's time. All right. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.